From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Hey, NextGen, it's Alana Phillips. You are joining us here today with Roberto Duran, Wealth Advisor, and Anna Klein, Practice Manager of Odyssey Wealth Design. Thanks for being here with us today. Happy to be here, Alana. Thanks, Alana. I am excited to continue our conversation here. We've shared with the audience already how a practice manager role plays into your business. We've talked about processes, but I think one of the coolest things that I have learned about your team is how important making an impact is with your business. Can you talk to me a little bit about this, what you call your just cause and how that affects your business? Yeah, Lana, thank you for asking about that. It's really what we're passionate about. It's the world we want to create. It's the future we want to create, the people we want to work with, and where we really feel we can make the most impact in the work that we do. Anna, what is the just cause for you? I mean, I echo what Roberto says as well. I think if I were to take it a step further, it's also understanding that what you're doing day to day is truly making an impact where you want it to make an impact. I know a lot of us can get lost in our day-to-day things and you think the day goes by and what did I even do today? But it's having a just cause is like that anchor that you go back to to say, that's why I did all of this today because of that, because of that purpose that I have in the practice. Thank you for adding that, Anna. And I just, I want to give real credit to, you know, Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game, because that's where that terminology comes from. I mean, a lot of practices or businesses have mission statements, but the just cause is bigger than that because it never ends. It doesn't have a beginning or an end, really. It's just an ongoing thing that everyone on the team adopts and everyone can be a part of. So it's very inclusive. I love it. And I think more so than a a mission, when you talk about this, this is an anchor. It is something that guides the way. So, so what is it? What is the, the just cause for your team or how do you identify what that is that anchors you? Alana, we strive to work with successful business owners and professionals from what we would call historically marginalized or underserved communities. And then our goal is to help them toward lifelong and intergenerational financial well-being. And part of that process is in doing that, we seek to overcome cyclical poverty and develop sustainable generational wealth, one family at a time. You know, we have a diverse team with diverse backgrounds and experiences. You know, we have women, members of the LGBTQ community, people of color, and folks who have have been poor at some point in their lives or have had recent immigrant experiences And those all tend to be underserved or historically marginalized communities. So we really connect well with those who share our experiences and we really want to work with them to make sure that they create that wealth that can grow over time. Whereas we know that statistics have shown that in the second generation, once that seed generation grows the wealth, the second generation dissipates the wealth typically 70% of the time. And by the third generation, that wealth has been dissipated or it's no longer there for 90% of the families. So we want to change that and really help our clients to develop and their families to develop the proper skills and mindset to talk about money in an intentional and healthy way. So that way the next generations are prepared for the wealth, not just having the wealth prepared for them. 
such an important role when we talk about being on stage, Roberto, that it sounds like your whole team has had some offstage experience of some sort, right? That lends itself to really stepping into this role and embodying it. So I guess, when did this just cause come into play in your business? Has it always been a part of how you thought about revenue and your productivity or, or how did that evolve? So I'm the wealth advisor who used to not care that much about money. <laughs> and I know that's probably not a good thing to say. I've always been driven by purpose. I mean, we all are. And what I've learned recently is that your passion is on the other side of your anger and it's a spectrum. And so I think I've always been frustrated by, and not only through my own experience, but seeing others by scenarios where there are folks in the community who have really accomplished amazing things, but the odds were stacked against them. And they really want something better for their families and their family's future. And so I really identified with that because of my parents and, and my family's experience. And the fact that my parents didn't talk to us about money because they didn't want us to worry. They had good intentions. That wasn't the right thing. You know, we need to, as parents, we need to be talking to our kids about money and helping them to develop the financial literacy skills that they need. And so in my practice, when I first came into the business, I wanted to work with people like my parents. And I quickly learned that in order to survive, I'm going to have to work with whoever is willing to work with me. And then it came full circle. Once I got to the point where I knew I had reached a level in the practice where I could really tap back into that, that's when we started to do that more and more. And during this social unrest and quarantine that we all went through last year, it really hit home for me. And we really got that much more passionate about it. I think it hit the next level. No, I think there's a, certainly more conversation happening around it in our industry as a whole, which is awesome. I have to ask, as you're talking about, you know, who you want to work with or how that's changed, how does talking about this just cause or the things that you're focused on affect attracting new clients? Are you repelling people? Are you attracting people? What does it look like? That's a great question. We really believe in having an abundance mindset and we believe you have an abundance mindset. So it's not a zero sum game, right? There's plenty of people for everyone out there. It's not a limited amount of opportunity. You can create that opportunity. And if we're very conscious about who we're interested in working with and we're putting that energy out there into the community, we found that we attract the people who are in need and are interested in our services. And really a lot of that started even before quarantine, we actually connected with a wellness coach, Christine from Freedom Wellness, and she started working with our team to really make sure that we're focusing in on having that abundance mindset, in addition to a growth mindset, to attract the people we really want to work with. And that really helped us through quarantine as well, I think, as a practice to make sure we're, you know, being conscious of how we can be the best versions of ourselves. So that way we can be the best versions of ourselves for each other, then for our clients, then for the larger community. What an incredible resource, Roberto, to have somebody that's helping the team with their mindset and not just focused on pushing to work harder, or work longer hours, especially given the past year. Anna, how has that affected either attracting new folks to your team or taking care of the existing folks on your team that you've got this underlying purpose? Well, I would say it's key to our hiring for culture. I mean, I, I think I've heard it said before, this might be a Nick Horn-ism 
culture will spit out. I forgot how it goes. Culture will, will spit out who doesn't have to be there or who's not ready to be there. I think that our just cause is not only, as I said before, an anchor that our entire team understands is there, is underlying everything we do, but it's even a level up above that. It's bettering ourselves as people, as human beings, to make sure we're doing everything we need to, processes, procedures, things like that, to actually make that just cause alive, to bring it to life, to attract people, to attract that abundance, to not attract the new hires or maybe even a possible client that may want to onboard with us and is not truly a good fit. I mean, I think at this point, we know so much who we are and what we're willing to have and what we're not, that it has become our, our language. And I think that serves us as a team internally. And as an offshoot of that, it projects out what we want to bring back into the team client-wise and team member-wise. I love it. Nick better be listening to this. I hope we get the corrections from him. (laughs) We got to get him an Instagram or something. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to stop us there and we'll be back after this quick break. Get best-in-class preparation for your exam with our CFP Certification Education Program. Start your journey toward this value designation at theamericancollege.edu slash CFP. Give your clients the retirement security they need with our Retirement Income Certified Professional designation. Visit theamericancollege.edu slash RICP to learn more. So I love that about bettering yourself, bettering the people on your team. I think that really does lead to better business. But I guess when you guys meet with somebody, a potential client or a potential employee, new member to the team, how do you know someone is a fit? Is it, is it really like when you put something in your mouth, you're not supposed to eat and you spit it out, like culture really is rejecting them? Alana, I think just like anything, you have that initial either consultation or you have the initial interview and there's a few things that you're looking for and you ask questions related to that. So, you know, one of the things we're looking for from Lencioni's book, The Ideal Team Player, we're looking for someone who's humble, hungry, and smart. And smart is not intellectually smart. Of course, we want someone intellectually smart, but we want someone who has a high EQ for emotional intelligence. And then we're also looking for someone who has the passions that we do, who has the values that we do, are interested in being in the business to serve in the way that we want to serve. So yeah, we intentionally ask those questions. We have templates for how we interview and and have those consultations and that you know, we determine that. And in the beginning of those meetings, we say the purpose of the meeting is to determine if we're going to have another meeting, right? So it's not, hey, this is assumed that we're going to have another meeting. Everybody knows that. And we're looking for the right fit. We have a limited amount of time. We want to serve the right people. That benefits everybody. We say that in the beginning of the meeting. So everyone knows what the expectation is. That's so smart. I'm not surprised you guys have templates for that either, but I think about, you know, what you're talking about here and and describing this just cause, describing the things that are important to you in these interactions. I've talked to a lot of advisors on teams in the past year who had never talked about politics or social issues or things that were personally important to them, except for this past year that those have come up and they've realized they're on teams or they're partnered with people that really don't align with how they see the world or what's important 
important to them. So it sounds like you're going to avoid some of those conflicts with the way that you're communicating your just cause. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we're all open to learning together and evolving together. So if, if someone's open to the conversation and agrees that there is a challenge that we face in the community of creating intergenerational wealth and breaking people out of the poverty cycle and that it hasn't always been equal and we want to make sure that financial literacy helps to bridge that gap. I mean, who doesn't want to jump on board with that? That's how I feel. If somebody doesn't, then that's fine with me. We don't want to reject anyone if they're on board with that mindset. And if they aren't, that's okay. We're okay with that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you won't have to reject them. Anna said the culture is just going to spit them out. So we don't have to worry about that. But so how can other teams, as they're thinking about this, think about their business this way? Where do they start in identifying a just cause that can be the anchor? I think it starts with first, I would say read Simon Sinek's book because that book can explain it way better than I can. So start by reading and start by documenting what's important to you, why you're actually in the business, you know, what you're really passionate about and start there. I would say the documenting portion of that, that kind of triggered me because that is such an important thing to write down so that you can revisit it over and over and over again. We have that in our business plan and we share that and collaborate on it and develop it all the time. We are always reminding ourselves, you know, Anna, this is what you said seven years ago. This is what meant the most to you seven years ago. Is that still true? That's actually how I really connected with this just cause that we're doing. I mean, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I said one of my main things in this practice was to be and become a pillar of honesty and integrity for our clients. I wanted our practice and I wanted my particular role to be that anchor for our clients and for our team members as well. I wanted to ensure that we were doing something more than just paperwork, for lack of a better phrase. And so I think revisiting that just cause as a team and getting team input and collaboration, that for sure is something that you can tell our team very much shines and enjoys doing that. And somebody who is not into that, like Roberto said, that's fine, but they may not be for us. That's a very telltale sign. So documenting this is so important, thinking about it. Roberto, I can't help but think if I'm sitting and spending all this time documenting these processes and thinking about what's important to me and talking to my team about it, I'm missing out on time in front of clients. I'm not filling out paperwork I'm supposed to be filling out. How do I justify this? It's an investment. So you're making an investment of time that's minimal so you can maximize your your lifestyle, your livelihood, the quality of the advice that you deliver, the experience that you create. So yeah, you got to think as a business person and it's an investment that you want to make so you can enjoy the benefits of it and your clients can as well. I like it. Well, to wrap us up for both of you and Anna, I'll start with you. What has been the biggest return on that investment? The biggest return on it, I think for me personally in my role is seeing the development of our team and onboarding even better team members than I could have ever thought possible. I mean, Jennifer Schreier, who is our new implementation specialist, she went through our process and the just cause with her and with us just, I mean, for me anyway, that was like, yes, we're, we're doing this. We're hiring her. When can you start? Because she, everything she was thinking, everything that was she was passionate about was absolutely everything we were. And so I think that's 
Probably the biggest pro in that column is we know who we are. And if you are with us, then come on board. It's a lot of fun. Roberto, how about for you? What's been the biggest return on this investment? Just, you know, us jointly realizing our purpose. And there's nothing that feels better than that. You have so much energy for it and you feel like it's not work. It's, it's life and it's really living. It's really what's most important. And, you know, there's, again, going back to the abundance, I mean, you can do that all day, every day, forever, and it's not exhausting, right? It's just, it's re-energizing. So that's, that's the best return on investment is to see that happening for all of us. I love it. Well, thank you both for being willing to share this for our audience to think about their purpose or their just cause. Sounds like there's a lot of benefits just in terms of the wellness of your team, sticky clients, sticky team members, and overall feeling like you are working towards a purpose versus just working in the grind. So thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Alana. Thanks, Alana. For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services. 